Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Bird with eight seconds. Bird on the drive. The runner is good again. Larry Bird is just unconscious. Why? Why? Well, and before I say anything, is he okay? He's fine. He's fine. Larry's fine. He's fine. He's not sick or anything like that? No. happens. Okay, so the next question, why? Well, a couple of reasons. We fill this show up with Kylo Murray love all the time. As we should, because he's the hot topic right now. He's the trending topic, if you will. Did you Lost. watch the game? Hey. Lost. Wasn't his fault. Loser. What? Wasn't his fault. Didn't know how to win games. Hey, it wasn't his fault. Brent. Wasn't his fault. And MVPs lose games sometimes. That's Russell Wilson yesterday. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Go on, though. Not the Miami Dolphins. Go on, uh, though. The... Now, that's Larry Bird because happy birthday to Austin Lane. <laughs> 33, baby. Larry Bird. Had to give him a little shout out. Uh, me, me or him? No, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bird with eight seconds. Bird on the drive. The runner oh. is good again. Oh. Larry Bird is just unconscious. Yeah, Larry Bird, uh, greatest player of all time. Uh, oh, I mean, come on Ever now. Ever put Converse's on? Maybe that. Uh, Dr. J was pretty good, too. Well, he says, thank you, man. This, you know, Larry and I text quite a bit, and I, I uh, he for wanted Scottie to Pippen. say thank you. I would have set up for Scotty Pippen. Okay, probably the best 33 of all time. Would have set up for Scotty Pippen, but I guess what you know, with funding, or whatever's going on, we'll we'll settle for a Larry Bird instead. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank happy you, birthday to Austin. Appreciate Ring. it. Nice to uh, touch there. You know, we 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 don't know what to get you. We thought maybe uh, some honey. <laughs> Maybe a gift card to the Busy Bee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, what else to get, uh, Austin. Lee, hey, just just you being here on time was uh, was enough for me, Brent. Yes, I'm on a streak. Yeah, you're not too bad, man. Hey, just good. to let you know, um, Wednesday, just so this is on the record, okay? Okay. Wednesday, we're going to be on the road at Cadillac, Fields Cadillac. Fields in Orange Cadillac, Park. yep. So that's where the show is. Right. Okay, hey, good, just hey, so you know, on go the record. ahead and text me that Wednesday morning, please. <laughs> yeah, don't don't say so to me know. right now, okay? <laughs> I, a lot's going to happen between this time right now and Wednesday. Uh, I know, So I'm need you to text me that on Wednesday morning. I will. Okay. <laughs> I think. And then I'll see you at Fields Cadillac. <laughs> awesome. Maybe. Can we, uh, can we test drive some new Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Let's do it. Cool. All right, so we will be there on Wednesday. Uh, let's get the scheduling out of the way. Hey, it's not a miserable Monday in Jacksonville. I am, I, Monday. I am, I am at, at the depths of this right now that it's not even close to a miserable Monday. Remember when I said a couple weeks ago, mm. there's a W column, there's an L column, there's an E column. Put it in the E column, baby. Yeah. Entertaining. Cool. Entertaining. Cool, That's man. a pretty good football game, actually, Sunday. was an entertaining game. Yeah. Yes. But did the Jaguars lose? Yes, yes they did. Now, I understand. And, and listen, I'm not naive. I, I don't live in my own bubble where I don't know what's going on right now. Right? Like, you were hoping that Jake Luton wasn't going to do good. Guess what? He did good. I wasn't hoping that. Well, he did do well, well. I mean, you were calling it, though, right? So I'm not sure if you're in the whole tanking crew like everybody else is or not. But I'll be over here, you know, and I'll be over trying to want and win games. Because let's be honest, Houston, not the best team out there. Now, nope. they held their offense to 27 points. Houston's pretty bad, actually. Yeah. They're not that good at all. But the fact that the defense made, I mean, I don't want to call it an improvement, but they looked 
They looked better. I guess we saw some new things, let's just say. We yeah. saw some wrinkles, which I liked a lot. I liked what I saw from Luton. Now, not a perfect game, obviously. I kind of explained it during my three takeaways video. You can check out on YouTube, uh, the Action Sports Jacks YouTube page. Um, check that out, if you will. Yeah, subscribe not, to it. It's all good. Yeah, you can subscribe to it, no, too. It's, it's not all good. Not. Go check it Listen, out. Listen, man, I'm not going to hold the gun to anybody's head, Brent. If you want to check it out, check it out. If not, we're all gravy. But with that being said, I was impressed with what Luton did, and I'm, I was impressed, like I said was going to happen, how Jay Gruden set him up for success. I thought, listen, here's the deal. Said it last night on TV. Probably said it on social media to a degree. I thought the Jaguars played a good football game. Mm-hmm. I thought their offense played a good football game. They had a rookie quarterback who I thought far exceeded my expectations. And he played had over 300 yards. Heck, he ran a touchdown in. The guy I didn't think could even move. James Robinson ran for 100 yards. They didn't give up on the run. DJ Chark, 146 yards. They targeted him a dozen times. I've been asking for that. I thought Jay Gruden was terrific. I thought he absolutely had had a great day. I thought their defense played about as well as they could play. Miles Jack is out of his mind. Mm-hmm. I thought they've got pressure on Deshaun Watson, and Watson did his thing, got away from it a couple times. I thought they did look a little bit different, had a wrinkle here or there with some of the pressure that they pulled. You'll have to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So I think the Jaguars played well offensively, defensively. Heck, they kicked the 59-yard field goal, and I thought they coached well. Yeah. Coming out of the bye week. This is the reality. That is not a good team. One in six. Mm-hmm. Houston Texans who have Deshaun Watson and nobody else. Not even J.J. Watt. They have nobody else. Okay, we'll follow, follow, we'll, we'll come up and play once in a while, right? Brandon Cooks. Bottom line is they have Deshaun Watson. It's not a very good football team. Sure. Uh, they're no threat to run. You know, They're not going to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. They had 14 linebackers out. This is who the Jaguars are. There's, there's, this is what it is. The, this is as, about as good as they can do. Mm-hmm. And they still lost the football game. And that's just the nature of it. Like, that's what I came out of that game thinking. I was like, wow, you know what? They played well, coached well, and they did that against a bad team and still lost. Now, listen, I will say one thing. They would have won probably if they got a break or two. The, the game clock going down to zero. Yeah. Maybe a pass interference play here or there. That was a little ticky Lambo hitting the extra point. Well, yeah, Lambo yeah. extra point. Yeah, could have made a difference. So, I think, yeah, they still could have won, no doubt. But that's them. That's as good. And by the way, that also might have been their best chance to win until Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right? On paper, that might be their best. Now, the NFL's crazy. NFL's wacky. Cowboys almost beat the Steelers yesterday. Yep. And so, who knows what happens. But that, I, I think, I think here on a Monday in mid-November, there's there's a reality to it. And yesterday was not an ugly performance. It wasn't an embarrassing performance. They acquitted themselves well. They made some things happen. They made some plays. They just are not good. And if it took you until eight, eight weeks in to figure that out, well, here we are, because that is it. They are one in seven, lost seven in a row. There's no end in sight. And the Jags are just not very good. That's the bottom line. No, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Obviously, that if you look at this personnel right now and you match that to other teams, I mean, the Jaguars... Uh, are probably going to be outgunned, outmanned, and outmatched. And it's as simple as that. But like you said before, this is the NFL, and crazy things happen every week. This game is set up for crazy things to happen every week. So the fact that I get it, it was an entertaining game, and that's fantastic. You can put that feather in your cap, and that can get you through another week until they travel to Green Bay. If that's what it's going to take, then so be it. But I'm sitting here right now thinking, well, this team is 1-7. and seven. Okay, this team right now, um, in terms of some of their star players, you know, I I think of like a Josh Allen. I think of their first round picks uh, and 
Kalevon Chason and C.J. Henderson. I think of Taven Bryan getting benched now. Like, there is still room for growth. There, there is still room for improvement. So while it was an entertaining game, there are still a lot of things that this team can work on. Now, whether you work on those things, will that result in more wins? Well, probably not. Because now you got Murderers Row coming up. You got the Packers, you got the Steelers, Browns. We'll see, but the, even the Vikings are, you know, turn <laughs> what you want. yeah, and the Titans. So you do have Murderers Row coming up right now. But I'm gonna w- watch for improvements. That's, I mean, that's kind of been the, I guess the, the, you know, the the overall thesis of this back half of this season is: Are we seeing improvements? Who can you take with you when the new regime comes in? Who can you take with you and say, you know what? These guys got to belong here because we need them going forward. That's what I'm watching for right now. And to be fair with Jake Luton, listen, I'm not sure how many games he's going to start the rest of the season. I'm not sure if Minshew's going to come back. But I thought all things considered, Luton did a pretty good job yesterday. I thought he was fantastic, honestly. Uh, Way, way better than I thought he could be. But I do think you also have to keep it in perspective. They're not very good on defense either. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, and he threw almost threw a couple away. But I thought he did a terrific job, and I thought Jay Gruden did a terrific job in that game. I didn't realize he would throw 38 times, but that was just a factor of more. That didn't feel like he was just airing it out all the time. James Robinson had 25 carries, you know. And again, they went after DJ Chark. I like the adjustments they made. They didn't just sit back in their recliner during the bye week. Mm-hmm. They made some adjustments, and you could tell. And I appreciate that, and I give them credit for it. Just they are who they are, and that's not a bad thing. Because listen, the more. Uh, we try not to get into the draft talk too much this early and all that stuff, but the reality is the Giants won. Now the Jags are in a draft <laughs> position that that's that's critical. Yeah. Because man. here's the th- here's the, here's why I say it like that. Until you're just guessing, right? Like Friday night, everybody's watching Zach Wilson and like, oh, this guy's awesome. This yeah. is fun. Like he, he is fun. But when you're sitting in the three hole, you're like, well, wait a minute. If those two guys go off the board, then there maybe is it Trey Lance? Is it Zach Wilson? You start. Your mind wanders about that. Jags do have two first-round picks. Do you slide up? Well, here's the bottom line. As they sit right now, and who knows, by next week they might not. Mm-hmm. You know, by later tonight they might sit in the first spot. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So while they sit right here, it, it, I gave it a lot of thought this weekend. It's like, this is ridiculous. We're sitting here, or some of us are, and saying, man, that's great. Okay, now they're going to have the number one or number two pick. But the it's bottom, like we're doing. It's like what you're doing right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. But the bottom line, Austin, is... This has been a dozen years of this around cool. here. Yeah. And the one way to really change your your franchise, your city, the feel, maybe even the culture, all those kind of things, is to go get a guy that is ballyhooed as as, as one of the best. And there's two of those guys in, in the draft coming up. There, yeah. There's no doubt Trevor Lawrence, and there really doesn't look like there's no doubt Justin Fields. There's a drop. You can start asking questions about other guys. Talk a little bit about Zach Wilson today. But you can ask questions about those guys. This has a chance to look at what Tua has done. Look at what Kyler Murray is doing. Look at what Lamar Jackson has done. Look what Joe Burrow looks like he's on the doorstep of doing. But where was Jackson taken? Jackson is a later guy. Yeah, and it, that's an innovative, out-of-the-box move by them um, that, that worked. Sure. Um, and already on a good team, by the way. They didn't need to be the Jags and flip it around. They didn't need to be the Raiders or the Bills and flip it around, right? They were already, they could win with a variety of different quarterbacks. Yeah. They didn't need Lamar Jackson necessarily. Mm-hmm. They took a chance on him. So that's a fair point where they picked him. But these other guys are top guys. These other guys, in my opinion, they don't just change your football team. They change the mentality of your city, the fan base, everything else. What's in the building. And this place needs a new mentality. They need a change in mentality. And so 
I mean, we'll investigate that for the next few months, couple of months, and where the Jags sit and if they have an opportunity to get these guys. But that is the long view. That's reality. You know, Sundays you want to win. I get it. Uh, but that was about as good a script as you could write. They played hard. They, they had a chance to win, which you want as well. Uh, and you still are sitting in a prime position to maybe get a game changer in the NFL draft. There's two sports that game change in the NFL draft. There's the NBA and there's the NFL. Major mm. League Baseball, you don't get one guy and he changes your organization. NHL, did the Rangers just get that pick? Maybe. It can happen. It doesn't yeah. seem to happen every year, but it can happen. In basketball, it seems to happen much more often. New Orleans could be set, right, with Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you could, but those first two, three picks often can change your organization. And John Morant, obviously, all the go all the way back to LeBron James. You know, Kobe Bryant, whatever. Uh, we have all these different examples of it. NBA and, and NFL. I think are those. And so, if you look at it in that perspective, that's what we're left with. I mean, and and. There's a sunny side to this down the road now that the Jags are sitting in, in one of those top well, two spots. No. And that is, along with the Jags not being good, that's the reality that I understand players, coaches, people in the building don't want to talk about, shouldn't talk about. I get it. I respect it. But it is the bottom line. Listen, uh, that's cool. That, that's not how I'm going to approach what I'm doing here. That's not how I'm going to approach um, what I speak about on the radio, because listen, you can say Tua Tonga Viola is changing the Dolphins, and that's cool. I can argue that Justin Herbert right now is the best quarterback of that draft, and he was taken third uh, of that draft in terms of quarterbacks. Yep. Right when Burrow, when uh, Tua, and then when uh, then when Justin Herbert. Yeah. So All once again, pretty good. Yeah, but let's be honest. Everyone was talking about Burrow number one, and then it was Tua, and then Herbert was the number three. No one was saying, take Herbert at number one. I didn't hear one person say Herbert was going to be the best quarterback this year of that draft class. <laughs> Except maybe me when I say he win rookie of the year, but we'll see. Regardless of that, though, a little humble brag there. I'm not going to come in here and say, well, you know what? The silver lining is that the Jaguars lost and the Giants won. Okay, I- I'm not going to do that because I'm not in the business of wishful thinking. I'm I'm not in the business of, well, hopefully the Jets lose tonight and that way the Jaguars won't Jeff. No, listen, I'm going to comment on what I see on the field and break that down. I'm going to comment what's going on in the locker room, the psychology of that team, yada, yada, yada. But the last thing I'm going to do is say, hey, they lost the game, but guess what? It's all good because they're probably picking top two. If you're truly the, uh, a Jaguars, you know, front office member, you should already know who you want as a quarterback. Now, once again, whether that scouting department's going to be around next year or not, whether Dave Caldwell's going to be gone, there should be a good idea right now of the plans in place of who you're going to bring in. Whether that is Trevor Lawrence, whether it is maybe Trey Lance, whether it is Wilson, whether it is Fields, you should have a good idea already. And the fact that you got two picks for your draft capital in the first round, that helps you out as well. Okay, But I'm not going to sit here and you know be wishful thinking. Hopefully, well, hopefully the Jaguars can lose all these rest of the games, and then maybe the Jets can maybe lose a couple more games, maybe win a couple more. Like I'm not, I'm not in that business, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna hope this team wins every single week because I know what it's like to be in that locker room. They're not gonna be quitting on themselves. I hope the coaches aren't quitting. And I think by the the fact that you started Luton shows that you're not quitting on your team. And I'm gonna be hoping for wins. Um, I get what you're saying where. The quarterback changes everything, and after a decade of suffering, maybe finally one of these quarterbacks can put you over. But I can also point and say sometimes history shows it takes more than a quarterback. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate that's good because I'll do that side of it. You got it. Um, because the bottom line is uh, this is not the fans and everybody else's fault for wondering this and maybe wishing this would be the turnaround. Yeah. This is the Jaguars for all their bad decision making and. Well, look, I mean, it's from Gene Smith to 
uh, Mike Malarkey to Chad Khan to Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin and, and Doug Marone for whoever. You know, it's a little bit of everything that they haven't. I'm not saying they haven't tried to, but they've given us one year in the last dozen and a year they couldn't sustain. And a talent that now has been depleted. And they set this roster up to really not be that good in 2020, even though they said it could maybe be that good. And we bought in early on, and now it is what it is, what everybody else kind of thought it might be when they changed it around. So it's not uh, – I don't think this is like – I don't even think this is hating on the Jags. I think this is actually a big sign of – Hey, maybe there is some level of hope here. Maybe there is something that can turn this thing around. You get the most important position in sports. Potentially, you could be in position to get an absolute game changer in an organization that really in its history, with all due respect to the David Garrard and Mark Burnell and others, that hasn't really had a top, top, top flight quarterback. Uh, well, now you can wish that maybe Wasn't that Blake guy Porter could supposed to be him. that guy when, when, when you drafted him that high? He was, but see, there's a, it's a great Wasn't call Wasn't Blake Gabbert supposed to be that guy when you drafted him that high? They were, but neither one of those guys came with the kind of hype that these two guys will come with. Mm. Blake Bortles, people are like, what? Huh? Mm. What? Right? Yeah, but then I also heard comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger by experts. So. The, you did, but I'm saying it was still a, huh? What? I think Blaine Gabbert was... Hmm. They're trading up to get him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rocket arm guy, but he hadn't played very much in college. Let's go back and look at his tape. They don't have these problems with, with this, these guys. The, the place will erupt. If you could fill the stadium for the draft and Trevor Lawrence was the pick, the place would unequivocally erupt. Sure. And I think if you get stuck at number two and you pick Justin Fields, it would do the exact same thing. There would be no question marks whatsoever. I think. I think the entire city and fan base would be behind those two. That's what I'm talking about. Those guys, Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles, sure, they had a chance to grow, mature, be a franchise guy, and then maybe change the city and the franchise. But they didn't come in here right away and, bam, change the franchise. We're talking about a couple of guys that might do that, that might have the potential to do that from day one before they even take a snap. Mm. That's what's different. Like Miami got that this year with Tua. Mm. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Cincinnati felt that right away, knowing the whole offseason they were going to get uh, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. I don't. I'm not in Arizona, but mm. I'm assuming he's doing that right now. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, Bortles and Gabbert were more like Josh Allen in Buffalo. Mm. It was like, mm, okay, let's wait and see here, and then it was not so good, and now the build has happened. And to Josh Allen's credit, he has done here now in the last year or so. Exactly what they hoped Bortles and maybe Gabbert would do. Develop into that guy, and it looks like Josh Allen is developing into that guy. Absolutely. So I just feel it's a different feeling. Mm. It's a totally different feeling if you get one of those top two guys. It's the Peyton Manning feeling. Sure. Right? Uh, and by the way, that doesn't mean you're safe from busting. No. It could still be the wrong pick. Mm-hmm. But there's more of a ceiling to change this thing around if you have those two guys. That's... Because I tried to do the same thing, man. I tried to put it in perspective in my own mind. Like, why are we so excited about these? What makes them different than the Gabberts, from the Bortles, from the other quarterbacks that maybe have been selected? And I think that's it. I think you're talking. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence were to come to Jacksonville, he'd be on every billboard. He'd be in car commercials and every commercials, right? He'd be all of us. It would be they would talk NFL Network and ESPN and all this stuff. Yeah. Right? Gabbert and Bortles didn't do that. Yeah. That's, no, that's right. my point. Yeah.
So it would have a different feel. But there's eight games to go. And let's talk more about the young quarterback, Luton. I mean, could he spoil this for everybody? And really, he played excellent football. Is that a sign of things to come? Is that his ceiling? What he played at the other day, uh, yesterday, that being. We'll talk more about it. It's Austin Lane's birthday. Larry Bird birthday. <laughs> 33. We're not supposed to tell people's man. age, but Larry Bird it is that. all day long. <laughs> we'll be back at ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Are we on right now? We're not. Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martineau. Yeah, you got to okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The honeybee is one of the most collaborative insects in the world. Each hive is comprised of thousands of bees working together in order to build and sustain a colony. Happy birthday yeah. to Austin Lane. I think we established that. It's my birthday. The B-Man. I appreciate it. Is that what we're going with? The B-Squad. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Why throw that in the new logo? The B-Squad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, we're creating new logos right now, man. You got me, you got me designing stuff. Yeah. We did like a whole thing where you like come in and you're like, like it's like, what's the buzz? The like, hot, hot topic. <laughs> Hey, Stuart, I'd be walking out real quick if that's the case. <laughs> if that's what my life becomes, where I got to come in every day and go, hey, I'm Lost Lane, this is the buzz. I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie. No amount of money can keep me on this show, okay? Man, there's an amount of money, but not the money I'm making right now. Like, there's only so much I can sell out, you guys. And uh, what's the buzz is going to come with a pretty steep contract. <laughs> hey. As long as it turns into green, yeah, maybe that's a way to go. I like yeah. it, Goose. Happy birthday to Austin Lane. Thank you. Uh, Larry Bird and Bees. <laughs> the birds and the bees. Here on ESPN <laughs> 690 on a Monday. So I didn't even write that down. I that's just came not, up with see, it. That, that's actually good, man. I'm, I'm going to give you that one. That was good. That was good. Uh, we're talking about the Jaguars, and the question out there uh, a little bit is, hey, are you okay with what happened yesterday now that the that number two spot is uh, in hand? Let's talk about Jake Luton. Yeah. Seriously, he was really good. You know, he's really good. Listen, he could have easily had three picks. But yep. that but outside of those like horrific mistakes, I thought he made a lot of good throws. And I really tipped my hat to Jay Gruden. I thought Jay Gruden did a really nice job with him. I thought they didn't give up on the run. They kept doing it, mixed it in, had some nice long drives, and I thought the kid showed a lot of poise. I think that's what I was most impressed with. Hey, he's got a good arm. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not like just because you don't play for a bit, you know, all of a sudden have a bad arm. Mm-hmm. He's got a good arm. Like, we knew that. He can throw the football. So he showcased that. But I really thought the poise was good. I thought he kept his blood pressure down uh, from the beginning of the game where you could have been super ramped up and missed the DJ chart to the end of the game yep. where you need to deliver a drive. I thought he played really well. Yeah, I mean, listen, he sticks out, right, because of the height and the size. I mean, he, he looks like your prototypical quarterback let's just say and that's no diss to Gardner Minshew but obviously we talk about Gardner Minshew in terms of his attributes and his abilities he is on the shorter side um I thought that Luton was never too big for the big moment right or he didn't I guess I'll to rephrase that he didn't let the big moment get to him let's be honest this kid had zero preseason games not right too. and this guy was probably working scout team offense at the very most uh, so I'm sure in terms of scheme in terms of all the calls and everything like there was a lot of stuff he didn't even know last week. So, like you talked about a little bit, you echoed too, I thought Jay Gruden did a great job of using that short pass game, involving James Robinson, obviously, because he's one of your cogs. He's one of the, the guys that makes that offense work. 
And then giving DJ Chark the ball. It's what we talked about. Now, you know, Visca gets hurt early on in the game. I think Visca going out maybe kind of took away a little bit of the game plan because I think in terms of those those short passes, even those screens, I think that's where Visca comes in a little bit. So I think there was a percentage of the offensive game plan that was cast to the wayside when he got hurt. But overall, uh, I, I said this in the video, my three observations, I thought it was a master class calling uh, this week by Jay Gruden. Yeah, I did too. I mean, outside of the fourth and one where you, yeah. you don't like it because it didn't work. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I get that. But well, And the ironic thing about that, I just found this out actually last night when someone tweeted this at me. So, they put Shaughnessy at fullback. It didn't work out. Shaughnessy let his guy go. Guy gets to the uh, to Robinson, and the play stopped behind the line of scrimmage. Jaguars turn over the ball. Bruce Miller, a guy who got let go, was, was the true fullback, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I brought up the question, like, well, then why would you let Bruce Miller go in those situations? Now, it turns out Bruce Miller got popped for PEDs and is sitting six games. So I get that point. But once again, like, in those situations there where you know that you need a fullback, then why don't you scour the market for another fullback? And that, and it's no um, disrespect to Shaughnessy because, you know what, maybe seven times out of ten he makes that play, he blocks the guy, and yeah. we're not talking about it, right? But th- this is the one time where he didn't make that play. And I would feel more confident with a fullback back there that's job is to block at all times, set aside from a, a tight end who, let's be honest, his primary job is to block on the line of scrimmage and to, re- to have receptions, you know, obviously 10 to 15 yards down the field. It's not his job to set up the fullback position and block incoming blitzers. I thought Doug Marone explained the roster puzzle very nicely earlier in the season when he said, what you got to measure is, okay, how often are you going to use that guy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, certainly he could help you. Is he going to help you one every three week, one play every three weeks? Or are you going to keep a guy that's going to get 12 special teams reps instead and probably help you a little bit more, even though people don't notice it? So, and I'm certainly paraphrasing here, but yeah. he was talking about that kind of stuff. And I actually believe that's what this move is. I mean, Bruce Miller, he's hardly played anyway. We hardly know. So fullback has hardly played, even though he's been on the roster. I've actually wondered why he is on the roster mm-hmm. if you're not going to use him. And so that was the one play in the game yesterday. He said, I wish he had a fullback. Mm-hmm. Well, so what I would say instead is, I get it. You're not going to use him very often. You don't go get another fullback. But don't, don't call, call that play. Yeah. But don't call that play. Yeah. Call that's, that's that's. You're playing to your weaknesses if you have to throw O'Shaughnessy back there most likely. And so don't do that. Call a different play. So, listen, it didn't work. Plays that don't work, you're going to say – you're going to question it. The Mm -hmm. bottom line is that didn't work. Fine. Give him an X mark for that. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I thought Jay Gruden – again, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff, Todd Walsh, Jay Gruden, Doug Marone, and everybody in between coached a good game. Yeah. I really did. I just think it shows you how not good they really are from a not good enough, right? They didn't get blown out. Mm. They didn't. They weren't embarrassed. They played hard. They played well at times. They just don't have enough pieces right now. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, my question on Luton is is an interesting one. Well, I think it's an interesting one. See, the golf people will know this. Mm. When you play golf a lot, you haven't played in a bit. You go out there. And usually that first time out, you actually play better than you thought you'd play. Okay. You know why? Because one, your expectation is low. Yeah. So you're not thinking of things. Now you go play 18 holes and you go out two days later and play again. All of a sudden you're like, well, I can fix this a little bit. Or I was doing this well on Tuesday. Let's see if I can do it again on Thursday. And now your expectation raised because you're like, heck, I played pretty good out there. I must, I must have improved while I had this absence, right? Yeah. I wonder that a little bit about Luton. 
not for himself, for more for us. Are we going to now raise the bar for Luton and say, hey, he's this guy every time? I mean, he's going to throw for 300 yards. Yeah. I mean, he's going to throw that rifle ball down. He's going to be four of seven on the deep ball. He might be able to scamper for a touchdown. So now we're going to do this, but we have to keep this in mind. They played the Houston Texans. They played a bad team, a bad defense, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, a defense that actually had given up like almost the same amount of yards this season as the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I just think we do have to keep it in perspective. I tip my cap to them. I just don't know if we fully know yet. we gotta, we got to get a little more sample evidence of what he is, and obviously this will be a big test, right? I mean, this will be going well, to Green Bay. Yeah, no, It'll be a massive test. Well, to be fair, though, I mean, obviously you're playing on the road now. Green Bay's defense is nothing to worry about, though, either, right? Like, take the 49ers' performance out of it. Like, the 49ers are decimated uh, on their offense. So, um, Green Bay's defense, and once again, I'll probably get some phone calls of this and, you know, the, the occasional hate messages, but Green Bay's defense doesn't scare me. Okay? Maybe they'll say happy birthday along the way. Yeah, maybe they'll wish me happy birthday as well. But Green Bay's defense does not scare me. When we're talking about rookie quarterbacks, especially the situation that Luton found himself in, listen, it was the ultimate, like, YOLO moment, right? Where it's like, listen, man, no one's expecting anything of you. At least, I mean, I was expecting you to be good. I was expecting, a you know, a 78-yard touchdown pass, the very first uh, throw of your career. No one was expecting that. But the cool thing about it is when expectations are low, then you can prove, you know, everybody wrong. Now we we have a sample size. We have a baseline of what we expect from him. And the most important thing, regardless of what we think, regardless of what we talk about, is that Luton has a base point now, right? He sees the stats. He sees what he did. He's like, all right, I can do this every single game now. And what's going to be interesting to see is how he handles when, hey, maybe you throw another pick. Maybe you get sacked a couple times. Maybe the offense isn't really running on all cylinders. Then how does he respond to it? Because right now, um, yes, I get it. They got beat and everything, but he has to be feeling pretty good about himself. You know, family was there in person. They had yeah. to watch that game. Like, that was fun. He's, he's feeling pretty up. good. One would think that if it wasn't COVID-19, he'd probably be at the Jack's Beach Bar celebrating still to, the, to this morning, to this <laughs> afternoon now. Because, like, it was... <laughs> if you were still on the team, he might be yeah. there now oh, anyway. yeah, man. I'd be behind, like, the 10th round for him. So, uh, with that being said, he did have a lot of good, and he should feel confident. Now it's about stringing that confidence together because the baseline has been set. Expectations have been raised. How can you respond to that now? Yeah, here's the other thing. I said this on Friday. I think what happens when you have a guy in there that nobody knows about, and, and they're like, okay, we're going to have to raise up our level of play. Mm-hmm. I thought the offensive line played well. I thought Jawan Taylor did a much better job against J.J. Watt. thought there was a pretty good pocket back there most of the time. Didn't see a ton of pressure. Uh, so mm-hmm. I thought that was good. I think James Robinson did his thing. I don't know if he raised his game. I think he continued to do his thing. I think the receivers did. DJ Chark had the one drop. But, you know, overall, they, they, they did their part. My point being, I think they raised their level of play. Will they do that again? Can they do that week in, week out? Can they stay as focused saying, hey, we need to help this kid out? Mm-hmm. Or now do they trust him a little bit more because they saw this? And then just human instinct says, okay, well, he's got this. We're good. I mean, we, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just a lip. We all, I mean, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. I mean, are you, can you get to, from focused to super focused is my point. Mm-hmm. And I just think the Jags were super focused in this game. They had spent time in the bye week getting refreshed. They come back in. The coaching staff says, hey, we got to do this, 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 and better. They got things that they can really focus on to get better. And so does that carry over? Does that continually improve for this football team, for Luton, for everybody else? We'll see. We'll find that out. So um, I'm interested to see him as he goes along. I think he's going to keep this job for a little bit. Uh, they said today Gardner Minshew was progressing but not ready. So Luton yeah. already named the starter against the Packers. Uh, so, I mean, now he's going to get, again, he's going to start going against some 
Packers are okay defensively. Mm, yeah, the Steelers are good defensively. Yeah. Okay, so if you take the next couple of weeks, just put it in a small sample, he's going to get a little bit of everything. He's going to get bad defense, okay defense, really good defense. Sure. So he's going to see it all. And by the way, they'll also, to my golf reference, they'll also start seeing tape. Correct. And so they'll have tendencies to go on and all those things. Uh, so it, it'll be an interesting watch. Again, hats off to him. I think he did a really nice job. Hats off to everybody involved in the game. I think they put together a good game plan. They're just still not there. And with that being said, offensively, they score 25 points. Mm-hmm. They run for 300. I'm sorry. They, they pass for 300, run for over 100, have a 100-yard receiver. I mean, could they done anything else? Offensively, I mean, convert the fourth and one, hit the two-point conversion, or kick two extra points. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, I thought they did about as good as they could. I mean, you're going to punt it away sometimes. Heck, even Logan Cook was fantastic yesterday. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, he pinned Logan him Cook, shout out, baby. There he is. So, There's the man. I'm just What I'm trying to see is, like, okay, where is their ceiling, right? Because you said you had this this thought last week. It's like, I want to see Luton because there's boom or bust potential. Yeah. Right? And he boomed. He boomed. But is there more growth in the After boom? That. You know? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a couple of throws that he wants to have back, right? There's a turnover there, but I'm not going to nitpick and say, well, you shouldn't. I mean, come on, man. It was your, it was your first start of your NFL career. I had to assume I a mistake did, yeah, was going to happen, right? That was bound to happen. Overall, from this offense, there's not a, a lot more that I could have asked from him, honestly. Um yeah, I mean, even like the penalties wasn't really a thing. And you know, to be fair, obviously you make that extra point. We're talking about a different ball game, possibly. But who am I to get on Josh Lamb because the guy drained a 59-yard field goal kick, yeah. right? So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, yeah, mix a, you have to miss, a, mix, make that extra point. But then, well, you also hit a 59-yard field goal, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and hope that your glute feels better because isn't that what he hurt or strained or yeah, something? Yeah, around, yeah, that around the hip area again. Yeah, something so like that. So, he's done. Yeah. Probably done for the season. Well, and then the the kicker carousel continues. Yes, it, it does. Onward it falls. There's not much more I can ask uh, of this team. When we talk about, we'll break this down later on in the week. As they're traveling to Green Bay, yes, you're playing in Lambeau Field, and that's always the prestige and all that good stuff as well, and it's a cool environment. And you're playing against a Packers team that's playoff bound, maybe Super Bowl bound, so I get all that as well. Um, they have you on the personnel hands down. But what I'm looking for against this Packers team is what happens when your security blanket goes away in DJ Chark? Because Green Bay, they got a guy, if he's playing by the name of uh, Jair Alexander, one of the best cover corners in the league. If I'm a betting man, I bet that they put Jair Alexander on DJ Chark the entire game. So now let's just say that, you know what, you take Chark away for a lot of that play. What do you have left? You have James Robinson, and then what? Is LaVisca going to play? We're not really sure. Chris Conley, I guess. Uh, maybe Conley Tyler targeted. Eifert. He had seven yeah. catches. Yeah, maybe Tyler Eifert. I'm not sure. But Where's my, Keelan Colbin? Exactly. Last but my, few weeks. True, true. But my point is, this game coming up could be a decisive um, game plan, a game around Jay Gruden of how he gets this quarterback confident and also the quarterback in itself and Luton say, you know what? If DJ Chark was to get, you know, man covered the entire game and you take him away, now what do you got? Yeah. Uh, a couple of thoughts, by the way, when I asked the question of, are you mad at yesterday? I'm sure everyone's excited. Um, you can block your ears right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at the point where I don't care anymore until the front office is gone. DTWD says, keep these losses coming. Let's be honest, Jags fan, you don't get ticked off over loss anymore. Anyway, lose them all, get the best QB. JM, I feel great. I hope the young guys continue to show progress, but ultimately lose to secure a top two pick. Keith says, perfect example of quality loss, in my opinion. Some rookies flash, move up in the draft, keep it close. Matt Stimson, lose them all, so lose them all, so there's no gray area. 
and contest to clean house and bring in new GM and coaches. Burn it to the ground. So people uh, are pumped. Yeah, first goes Bellbird said when asked about uh, uh, Luton. Wasn't bad for his first start. Thinks he's better than Minshew from a physical tool standpoint. There's no doubt about it. He's got a better arm than Minshew. Mm-hmm. Did you come away from that game thinking he's better quarterback than Minshew? No, no. I mean, is that a little unfair to Gardner? That's that's definitely unfair right now. And the ultimate question comes down to: so going forward, when Minshew, if Minshew, I should say, comes back healthy and ready to play again, what do you do? Do you keep Luton in there, or do you go back to Gardner Minshew? And I think at this point, regarding the season, I mean. I think Minshew still gives you the best chance to win. So, obviously, if you're on the fan of tanking, you don't want to see Minshew back in there. You know how I feel about it. I know that I'm in the minority when I say this, but I think Minshew gives you the best chance to win. So, I would put him back in because I at least think he's earned that right. I think Minshew's earned the right to finish this season. I think he's put in um, the work and the investment and now let him ride this whole thing out. Let's be clear. Let's be honest with ourselves, okay? If we take Luton and give him the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Packers and Steelers, and let's just say Gardner needs that time to rest up and heal, and he's ready to go against the Cleveland Browns. I think, first of all, that's a sample now that Luton might not be coming off a 27-25, 300-yard performance game, mm-hmm. right? So you've probably seen a few more warts by then, potentially. Or you've seen some really good things, and you're like, well, this isn't even a conversation, yeah. right, because he's on the roll. Yep. I think what's going to be interesting about that decision, potentially, is it will show you how they feel about what happened with the hand. Mm. I, I, We don't know, right? That yeah. timeline is still goofy to all of us. What exactly happened? How did it happen? You got to keep in mind, Gardner Mitchell did not have a procedure, mm-hmm. right? It's not like he had surgery. He's got a cast on the thing. Yeah. So I think it will show us how they felt about hiding the injury or what the injury was or how severe, whatever all that stuff happened, whatever unraveled, which we're still mystified about, the timeline of it. I think that will be an interesting indicator when it's time to make the decision. Now, it might be an easy decision. It might be Luton's just playing awful. It might be he's playing great. Yeah. And so you don't have a decision to make. We'll see. So when we come back after this break, we get in the defense a little bit because I found a pretty interesting little uh, tidbit here. And, hey, get ready because we have to go get our – let's get our Marty McFly sneakers on. We're going back in time. We're going back to 2010, if you will, because I saw a lot of similarities, something that I remember back from 2010 when I was at the Combine getting ready to get drafted. They did some things that looked a little different to me yesterday on defense. I just don't know how to characterize it. It's called the Psycho Package, and we're going to break it down when we get back here on ESPN 690. Psycho Alert next on ESPN 690. Hey. They open the right side. Bird the fall away. He throws it again. You're seeing a greater performance as you'll ever see from Larry Bird. You really... Happy 33rd birthday, Austin Lane. Get over it, man. It's going to happen. This is it. I have a tolerance of which I can take, okay? And I'm just saying right now, it's Monday, and I'm already in the red, okay? I'm I'm getting pushed to the limit, and we're just getting... We're not even an hour in yet. Did he almost swear? I almost did. Almost it. So close to swearing, but I, I dial it back and look professional, okay? But I'm getting pretty close, and we still have two more hours left. So good luck to everybody. Not just me, but good luck to everybody in here. Cool is talking to you, too. Boss man, Nick, you just keep doing what you're doing, man. I can do anything to you. You're all right. You're 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 writing those checks. I can't do anything to you. But, Brent, you know what's up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, birds and the bees birthday. I like that for you. Yeah, I love it. I mean, can I get a Scotty Pippen for my birthday? We got a Scotty Pippen call? 
Nah, lazy. this really is less about you and yeah, more about I me. I know. I understand. I'm not naive. You're good. We only have two minutes. Let's talk defense. Uh, by the way, it is Masters Week. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, Happy it, it Masters keeps, Week. It keeps getting better in the show. It's unbelievable. Oh, we got golf galore later yeah. this week. What, what, what does everyone talk about, man? How, how those greens looking? Uh, oh, it's going to be a little wet, right? That's what that's going to mean. I'm, I'm Bryson DeChambeau. Listen, since, I, since I'm an honorary member at Augusta National, sure, man. played it before, yeah. I'm thinking later in the week just going hole by hole of my round there. So I hope you guys <laughs> enjoy that. I think I should do a podcast. Would that podcast go well? Just What's a that? hole by hole. A hole by a hole podcast? Hole by hole of my around at Augusta. But then what happens? You get to hole number 18. The show's done. done. The podcast is done. 18 oh, episode oh, show. So it's like, you ever listen to Serial? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like Serial. Probably not. I loved that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. You're into it. Yeah, it was really good. Did you listen to season two? I listened to the one, uh, the Wyoming one. I think that was the that first was one. one. I yeah, think yeah. it's pretty good, too. Check because I drove by that place in Wyoming. Oh, dang. And so I was like, Lander, I think it was Lander, yeah, yeah, Wyoming. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you get like a whole serial thing for 18 That'd episodes, 18 holes? Then I'll go play like Pebble Beach and do the same thing. I'm on to something. Hold on. You didn't hear that, people. Yeah. I'm doing that. Don't yeah. take my idea. It's copywritten. All right. Don't share golf experiences. Uh, we're already out. Yeah, we're already out. Nah. What would you have? We'll talk defense in some, a bit. Some more golf stuff. Oh, okay. I didn't want you to get into defense. I got you. Let's keep getting into golf. What else? Anything else? <laughs> you know, tomorrow, we might have to do a GoFundMe for Tiger Tracker. Did you see? No. Tiger Tracker might be like going out of business. Tiger what Tracker is stuff? like the best follow on, on Twitter. What do you mean going out of business? Uh, they've made changes at the Golf Channel. and What? He tweets what Tiger's doing. Dude. Suck it up and keep doing it. That's what are great. you talking about? Well, no, I mean, you got you got to get there. You got to get credentialed. Like, oh, he, he goes to the events. Oh, I thought you meant he like just does it. Like, he's at Oh, I thought he just does it on TV. Oh, no. Well, just do it. Hey, literally just go on TV, watch the, the Masters follow Tiger, and do Tiger Tracker. That's the guy's job. He gets paid for it. Well, then you know what? Good. Tiger. Glad he, hey, hey. I'm glad it's shutting down. No, you're getting paid for it's that. It's unbelievable. How much are you getting paid for that? To be honest with you, Tiger should just pay it. How, how, well, that's true. That's a good point. Like I'm, I'm thinking about paying somebody to do it for me. Oh, Brent, <laughs> Brent Tracker? <laughs> how, how much do you think Tiger Tracker makes? I don't know. So I, he, I have no idea. Wait, so he literally, every single golf event, this guy follows Tiger Woods around the world. Yeah. And this, I had no idea that was in person. It's unbelievable. Talk Dang. more about it later in the yeah, week. Yeah, I bet we will. We'll be back. We'll talk some defense next, plus some college football on ESPN 690.